All right, everybody. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast, episode 12. Um, we have a very special guest on today, and we will get into that. Um, it is uh, getting closer and closer to the draft. Um, it is also getting closer and closer to, honestly, I don't even like free agency. I think the best part of your agency is like that week before free agency when um, you can legally tamper. So I really like that. So uh, that, that's always when the fun rumors come out anyway. So, um, yeah. So, Tom, how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. We got midterms this week, so I'm extra, I, extra enthused. I got to tell you, I didn't even know, like, they did midterms. Why don't they just do, like, finals and that's it? I well, only ever the, took finals. I only ever took finals. And, I mean, I only lasted a year and a half, but I only ever took finals. I, uh, I, it depends on the class. Cause a lot of classes either have just like a, a paper in the middle that they count as the midterm or they have a test, but I have two, two technical. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I do remember papers, but I always like those. Those are easy. I love papers. I'm so good with papers, but I'll this one you. class that I'm in, bro, he gave us a paper that was due on Thursday. Remember I was bugging out about that. Yeah. 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 I, it was due Thursday. Now we have a midterm next class on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. So I got that. And then another test on my law. I'm just, it's that time of year. And this is, would also be the week that's my spring break, but we don't have it because COVID. So oh, really? now, yeah. So I know I'm some, now I'm some, just extra. I know my mom, my mom's going down to Florida next week because her school's <laughs> on spring break. I believe, or the week after she's going next Friday, but um, Yeah. Um, so like I said, we have a very special guest on today. We'll get to her in a sec. Uh, I have to ask you, how was your date on Sunday? Wasn't a date. <laughs> uh, okay. So that, that means it went good, I guess. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, in some news, I may be branching out and starting another podcast, or I might bring a guy into ours. I don't know. Um, his name is Kurt. He is from the same place as I am. He went to the rival high school. He's a little bit older than you. He's like, four years younger than me. Um, he wants to get into it. So I might do a, strictly a Cleveland one with him or I'll have him bring him in here, but I don't know. I'm thinking about, I'm trying different ways and we should have a meeting with Randy this week about, um, we can already be, we should, we should already be be making money off our podcast because have you, have you visited anchor yet? I don't know what that is. So like, I don't know how many views we get. I don't know how many views I, I have I don't on know. a really big article. I, I, well, Anchor is just for the podcast. So, oh. Anchor basically, you upload them on there and they distribute it out to Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. So, all of our stuff is all up. But you can also click, and um, a thing for them is you can click and uh, um, you can advertise for them and they give you, they, they, they electronically send you money if you advertise for them. Like, uh, just like I would have to do a recording basically, like, this is brought to you by Anchor, blah, 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 which I did in school, in my fake school. So right. I, I'm not, not hard. So we should have you making money. And I did ask Randy about it. I was like, so I, because I'm sure he saw it. And that's immediately the first thing I thought when I saw it. I was like, okay, as soon as we can start making money, we need to start doing this. Um, and he said, we're going to have a call on it. Um, so I really hope that that, ha that happens in the next few days. Um, if it doesn't, I'm probably going to send him an email because uh, like, I, I don't know if it's the anchors through him. Like he paid for it, um, but I am more than willing to front up like thirty bucks a month for us to be able to get sponsors. Like I don't right. care. So, right. so, but yeah, hopefully we'll have that soon, um, and we will be sponsored. Um, and then the woman that we're having out today, her agent is going to come on next week. He's also a journalist. 
and he is going to give a he's going to kind of talk to us how we got in the business because he's a publicist and a journalist and um his name is fago fago franklin and um he already sent me some of the pro days this week all i have to do is respond to the nfl so he's going to help help us on and uh, come come on and talk to us about how we got to where he was i don't know how old he is i don't i mean i think a little bit older than me probably same age i don't know but um so he'll come on with that so anybody who's getting into podcasting definitely or podcasting or writing uh definitely figure it out um i know uh i don't know if you saw it in the news like uh it was last week earlier last week and someone like someone famous but i didn't really know him they like set out something about like unpaid internships or something like that and they got roasted online for it and so um it, it is it, it is becoming more of like more nowadays like i understood unto unpaid internships in the past kind of and if you can afford it definitely take them but like if you can have like ESPN shouldn't be having unpaid interns, right. in my opinion, like if, if you can pay interns any kind of money, then you should be paying them um, because it's just it's, times are different. So um, that's all I have to say about that, really. But I forgot about that. That came up. Um, but I mean, I've, I've, we're obviously in the ver- you're obviously in the very beginning, but I've been trying to do it for the past couple of months. Uh, there's a lot of unpaid internships. And if you can afford it, they definitely do it. And it's a good place to build your portfolio. But other than that. I, you, it, it's kind of interesting. It all depends on who you meet, how you network. So, yeah, we'll learn all about that stuff next week. And then also on Thursday, Tom, who do we have coming on? We got my boy Mitch Zalati. Uh, he's a lineman for a Butler Bulldogs team. I cannot wait. for. I love linemen. Bro, he's so chill. Like I said before, he's a big Cleveland Cleveland fan. So you guys are really going to mess did say that. Maybe I'll have Kurt come on then because he's a Cleveland fan too. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's gonna be so dope. Um, I love linemen, and you already said like he's chill. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, obviously Mitch, worked on a lot of projects and stuff together, and he's such a great guy. Love Mitch. How tall? How tall is he? Uh, he's taller than me, and I'm six foot, so I want to say maybe six four. You're six foot. How tall do you think I am? Five nine. Five seven. Close. Oh, I'm, I'm so really, close. I'm really short. So yeah, anything like <laughs> six foot, but like they used to like used to when I played high school basketball and football, I remember I came out my sophomore year and they were like letting listing me like, what are you going to play? I was playing corner. I was like, yeah, I'm five, six, 140. And they're like, okay, we're going to put, we're, we're going to put five, five, nine, 180. I was like, you're adding 40 pounds and like four inches on me. They're like, people will laugh at this if they see it. And I eventually got, I eventually put on muscle. I never got any taller though. So, um, but the best was when like, uh, I'd go to like, we'd have basketball games at away games. Cause at home they would list me generously at five, nine. And I was like, or, or five, eight, you can deal with that. Cause I'm kind of pretty much five, seven in shoes. But, um, when, when I go the, like to a away place and they'd announce me, they'd be like six foot point guard or five eleven point guard. I was like, I mean, that's like half a foot above me. I mean, that's not even close, guys. I'm not six foot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I accept 5'8 and 5'9 generously. Like, I'm not anywhere near six foot. So, um, yeah. So, uh, we'll get into the podcast. Uh, like I said, Jen should be coming on. I emailed her or emailed Fago. Um, I'm going to do that again. Um, but, uh, Tom, why don't you read the uh, – Okay, there sports? she is. Oh. Uh, she's on, I think, right? All I right. think. Is she below us? I heard. I thought I heard a pop. Uh, I don't have any control over any of this. So I know. She's not, okay, so go on. Read the sports history then. All right. In 1865, we had the 27th Grand National 
Uh, we're gonna put the grand. We're gonna put the grand national on like every one, especially this time of year, because there's lots of grand nationals. There are a lot of grand nationals. <laughs> it was the Kentucky Derby <laughs> before. It's the Kentucky Derby. So. Captain Henry Coventry won a broad French outside. Outside what the heck? Outsider. How do you even pronounce that? All right, I'll do it. Just get out of my face. All right. Um, in 1985, we had the 27th Grand National. Captain Henry of Henry Coventry wins aboard French outsider. Al Sabiade at 107 knots. That's crazy. In 1904, uh, Australian cricket spin, spin bowler Hugh Trumbull dismisses England batsman Bernard Bassenquet, Plum Warner, and Dick Lilly for his second test hat trick in the fifth in fifth test victory in Melbourne. Uh, Trumbull's final test. Why, no why is there just a cricket one now every time? Uh, I, I I don't know. It's cricket's awesome. Um, it's cricket. But, uh, <laughs> Cricket, I, I'm going to get into cricket at some point. Um, and then we added something new, some fun facts about Michael B. Jordan. I like him as an actor. I liked him in the first Creed. I didn't really like the second Creed. Um, Michael was considered for two Marvel roles before being cast in the terrible Fantastic Four remake. He was considered for Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then he was considered for Sam Wilson in Captain America Winter Soldier. That went to Mackie, Anthony Mackie. Um, the B in the B in Michael B. Jordan stands for Bakari, which means of noble promise in Swahili. All right, so Jennifer is waiting on us to let her in. So, Tom, right. you ready? Yes, All right, sir. Well, this is uh, ex NFL uh, Rams cheerleader Jennifer Cobb. Um, she's going to join us and talk to about her cause and Parkinson's and everything. And I'll give you uh, guys a quick uh, brief intro on uh, her when she gets on. So, all right, Jen, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, we got you. We got you. How are you doing today, hello. Jen? <laughs> How are you guys doing today? We're good. We're good. Absolutely we're good. dandy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm Did doing you... fabulous. It's 70 degrees in St. Louis today. A it's like it's... I'm a happy, happy girl. I wish. Yeah, it's like 40 here. Um, yeah, it's like Did you want the video to be running better? You, uh, gender, you just want to do the audio? Oh, it doesn't matter. I, well, I just know your video is off right now, so if you want to put it on, you can. If not, it doesn't matter to me either. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Are, are we recording? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So oh. I'm going to – you can go ahead and work on it right now. I'm just going to kind of give everyone a brief, brief overview of you real quick, and then uh, we'll get into it, okay? Super. All right. Jennifer was born and raised in Chicago, and she started working as a dietitian at the St. Louis Children's Hospital. As an ambassador of the NFL as a Rams cheerleader from their inaugural season when the Rams came from L.A., they're back in L.A., um, she has been involved in St. Louis community for a number of years, writing a sports nutrition column for a local paper and St. Louis men's magazine, as well as holding a number of fitness titles throughout the country. She has dedicated her life to educating people all over the country on healthy nutrition and fitness. Uh, Jennifer became involved in the Michael J. Fox uh, Foundation years after her dad, Ty Cobb, um, had been suffering from Parkinson's disease. Uh, she started a 5K run slash walk. I like the walk part. That sounds great. Um, called Soul to Soul to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's disease. Over the last two years, Jennifer has raised more money than I'll probably ever make in my life, $50,000 for the Michael J. Fox Foundation slash Team Fox. Um, her 5K run walk was clearly the best, and it was the only Parkinson's fundraiser in the Illinois Metro East area. Jen, did I miss anything? Oh, God. Are you talking about me? Yeah, it was all about you. Yeah. Oh, my dear. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. Did I really do all of that? Uh, clearly, yeah. So that's why we have you on here. That's why you're coming on our podcast oh to tell us how maybe one day we can accomplish maybe something close to that in life. Oh, you're sweet. You know, I've always had this tenacity um, as a little girl. Um, I remember, I recall uh, learning gymnastics outside on my front yard because I, I had to self-teach myself. My parents at that time didn't have much money for what we now know is select sports. And um, I would learn the gymnastics flips and all that kind of stuff. And I would stay out there after school till sunset. And uh, um, I just wouldn't give up. I ended up making a <laughs> and did it. And it was a blast. But um, I don't know. I think I've just always uh, set my bar to challenge myself. Um, and a perfect example of that is I was driving home from school or uh, driving home from uh, work from Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. And I heard on the radio that Mrs. Frontieri, uh, who is the owner of the Rams, was hosting open auditions. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's just no way I don't have much dance background. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go for it because at least if I do. I'll come out of it having a great time, and I'm, maybe I'll make a friend or two. So good for me. So yeah, I walked yeah, that's... into this room, and there were hundreds of just beautiful women, and they looked amazing. And, of course, they were amazing dancers. So what did Jen do? I, I was smart. I went and stood next to the, the, the best dancer in the room, and I followed nice. her, and I, I mimicked her. And I said I had her critique me, and I, I just I just worked really 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 hard. Well, long story short, comes to the fact that you know, at cut after cut after cut, I was one of the top forty. And so, the 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 story goes with that, and I think it kind of follows me in life. Is you and I and all kinds of athletes and people from everywhere, we are not all the best at everything. But in terms of an NFL player or cheerleader, an NFL cheerleader, you may not be the best, uh, fastest 40-yard dasher, catch the most footballs, and be the best phenomenal dancer. What goes into the selection process with a player and a cheerleader is more than just pure talent. It's the package, the, how you get along with other players and cheerleaders are you coachable um do you take direction how are you off the field as an ambassador how do you represent yourself as a man as a woman how do you interact with the public and your your um colleagues and and so it, it is and when you step off the field you will forever be an ambassador of this brand and so it's 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 kind of sets a standard from head to toe what Georgia Frontieri um, stood for. I mean, she she chose each one of these women to represent her brand. And it's it's a um, it's a legacy that I'll hold near and dear, but it's a forever network. We didn't get paid much, no, not like the players, but there's something that you can't bank, and that's the network of friendships. I actually was yeah. on the phone with Marshall Falk two days ago, him and I are 
collaborating, doing some stuff together. Can, I can pick can up my phone and call any player and cheerleader. I mean, it's like we're a family and it's awesome. Um, uh, so here cool. I got. Can you can you see us right now, Jennifer? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I gotta show you something. Hold on. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> I got my big Marshall Fall signed autograph oh jersey my God, right here. Awesome. Yes, my oh, uncle. That's so cool. Yes, uh, <laughs> I've never found a good place to hang it up, even though I really should hang it up. Um, but yeah, it's been with me. My uncle got it for me for a long <laughs> no, time. I will definitely tell him because uh, we're gonna hop on a call in a next couple of days again of talk some things but um yeah i'll have to tell him that i was on your show and you're a big falk fan in fact the super bowl he was uh one of the the one of the best catcher he caught a couple of them uh tory caught uh, got a touchdown right got a touchdown I, i tell you what that game does it did it or did it not remind you of Rocky Balboa? You I mean, right. I mean, all the way down to the last second, it was like a nail <laughs> biter. And then, and then Warner threw the longest yard. It was just, it was captivating. It was, and then at the very end, he pulled it through, and we ended up with championship. And it's just. I will forever, never, ever, ever forget that. It was just an emo- most amazing time of my life to be a representative of the greatest show on turf. And exactly, exactly. Amazing. A lot of hustle in that field, a lot. I mean, Warner just drove it and drove it. And and they pulled it together, um, you know, to, to pull off not one, but two, two championships that we will forever remember and have yeah. in- even though Crocky took the game, it's fine. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because uh, I'm 28, and um, that is the first Super Bowl I can actually remember, like watching and everything. I gotta tell you, I was not cheering for the Rams, but I was cheering for the Titans. But that is the first that is the first Super Bowl that I remember, and um, I think I cried. I think I cried after the game because uh, they stopped them short. So, um, but yeah, that's that's, that's, that's got to be. See like arm length. It was it's, I mean, it'll be it'll be forever, but forever in football lore. Um, so I do have a question for I have a lot of questions for you. Um, first one, kind of obvious. Your last name is Cobb, and your father's name was Ty. Is that the Ty Cobb? <laughs> you got to do the math. No, <laughs> he would be my grandpa. No. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. Back, back when my dad was born, Cobb. Um, that generation, it was kind of a typical name. It was, um, yeah. you know, like Smith or Jones, but um, yeah, it's William Tyrus Cobb. A lot of people ask me about that. And, and you know, um, it is a cool um, name. And I actually, because of that, know quite a bit about Ty Cobb. Um, I kind of joke, my dad's the real Ty Cobb, the nice Ty Cobb. Yeah, yeah the good one. <laughs> yeah, the good one. He's the, he's the, he's the only Ty Cobb that matters. I know. Um, Ty Cobb, he was a heck of an athlete but actually people don't know this but he he didn't make his money from ba- baseball he made he his, make his money from, from a beverage company that we all know now is coca-cola yep oh tom that's why i dropped out of school but uh, uh okay <laughs> so obviously we will talk about football and we'll get back into football a little bit at the end we have uh, we have some quiz questions for you oh, um yeah. but 
Uh, I'm going to start with this. We got we, we need to talk about what's really important. Um, so you're going to talk about Team Gateway for Tua Cure. And I just have to say, uh, Parkinson's was a major factor in my um, grandmother's death. And you really don't see a lot of fundraisers really out there for Parkinson's as much as you see for other debilitating diseases and such. Um, so I think what you do is fucking awesome. And um, the only problem is I probably couldn't walk 2K right now, let alone run it. So that's only an issue. Maybe make it like one lap around a track and I'll be good. Um, <laughs> but um, so your father struggling with Parkinson's clearly made you want to do something about this disease and start fundraising. But uh, how did you become like so involved with it and like just kind of Go, give us like what in in the beginning. How did it all how how did it all come together? Yeah, so my dad uh, was diagnosed right around the same time Michael J. Fox went public with his disease in 1999, and watching him debilitate over the years, I thought you know there had to be a way to bring more resources to people to understand what Parkinson's is, and the sister to that is Alzheimer's, and so. Um, with Alzheimer's, the brain is affected in terms of memory, but physically you don't see anything. In Parkinson's, it's the opposite. The brain is sharp, super sharp, but physically you, you see the dyskinesia, the tremoring, the shuffling of the steps, the voice projection. And um, so the good thing is uh, because FDA approval on medications, they are crossing those over, which is a positive thing. So I decided I wanted to do something fun, get my kids involved um, so they could see their mom's legacy is more than just making badass peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> you know? I mean, That's my, fine with me. I, I do laundry and clean and cook. And I'm like, I feel like an Uber driver without getting paid. But, you know, they're, they're, they need to be that, – that generation is so philanthropic. But there's not that opportunity. So I started Soul to Soul, S-O-U-L-T-O-S-O-L-E. My dad has such a sweet soul. And soul, Parkinson's affects your gait, your step, your soul, your step. And so um, I, I started doing it. And over the years, I had raised quite a bit of money for the Fox Foundation. And so Michael honors me at the VIP Awards in New York City for my efforts. Well, after about the third or fourth year, I'm like, you know what? This, is, this isn't, I mean, it's fun. But everybody does a 5K. So I'm like, so I presented the idea of bringing fun back into fundraising and doing Find Your Fox, like a dating um, gay, a dating um, fundraiser, um, a laugh off to a cure with Jill, Jill Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel's sister, Michael Winslow, um, um, Richard Pryor Jr., who's funnier than his dad. But there's <laughs> also a connection. Um, Richard Pryor Jr., his dad had MS, which is a brain disease. Um, Jill is um, new people that were stricken from Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. And so they're all very giving in terms of charity. So we did laugh off to your cure. And we did just a lot of fun, different kind of fundraisers instead of a, a big dinner auction where you just raise your paddle, paddle and, you know, you give write a check and you bid on just different items is like that's everybody does that everybody does a 5k and then something changed i was introduced to lani ali muhammad ali's widow and i met with the barrows neurological institute in scottsdale arizona they approached me and asked 
if I would be involved in their foundation. And many people don't know this, but Muhammad Ali Legacy Care Program, um, Muhammad's legacy was caregiver support. If it wasn't for his doctors, his family, his friends, the caregivers, the ones that were surrounding him, he wouldn't have been able to have that hope and comfort while he battled the disease of Parkinson's. And so what does that caregiver support look like? It's the one that's behind the scenes cheering those on that never gets recognized. You have a 5K for the diseases. You have a big fancy dinner auction for the diseases. You have fundraisers for the diseases. And guess who's right next door to them? The caregiver, the one that tucks them into bed, kisses their forehead, fills their belly up with food, makes sure their medicine is taken, takes them to and from their doctor visits, and they're exhausted. They're exhausted. And so now the insurance companies are recognizing the caregivers as a second patient. They have depression, anxiety. They get exhausted, especially if you're a low-income senior and you're still working outside the home. And since COVID now... People don't want to put their loved ones in the home. They want to have their sights of their loved ones in their home, yeah. smells of the food, they, the sounds of them laughing, and memories of pictures on the wall. So they feel comfortable. And that. And so what does that caregiver support look like? And so through the Muhammad Ali Legacy Care Program, we're able to, through telemedicine, uh, bring the doctor to the, fam- the family room through support groups they can log into, through food uh, delivery, through uh, nursing coming and helping out. So there's just a lot of things that have gone into this program. And it just made sense because the part of Team Gateway to Acuro, yes, we love fundraising and we love to take checks and give them to the caregivers. We love that. But what we want to do is really be a platform of education, a resource out there that people can come to and hear the stories like I'm sharing with you of how I deal with loving my dad as a daughter and the stories of my mom and thousands of other caregivers. Because when you get together with your friends, your buddies, what do you guys do? You do talk. You talk dude stuff. Girl, girl talk. I mean, we just, and what are we doing? Like we're sharing our stories, you know, and that kind of sometimes gets us through the day. It's same thing on social media. You post something about something you're going on, going through the next day, next day you log on, you see what comments. I mean, those are stories that people get. And we, we, that's what we need to get back into is sharing our story in hopes that it will give others comfort and hope while they go through their story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I dealt with some health issues when I was younger. Um, not really younger, five, six years ago. Uh, so I, I was in the hospital five, six years, like probably over a hundred times. So I became to love nurses and everything like that. Um, thankfully I'm healthy now, but, um, so, uh, you were born and raised in Chicago, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to that one later. Uh, so you helped out frontline workers during the pandemic and this kind of goes in with your caregiver thing. What was that like? And like, what did that mean to you? Because during the pandemic, uh, I mean, everyone was out, but you have the essential workers out there, the ones that like the doctors, the ones that need to be out there. So what, what, what made you want to help them? And like, what did you do to help them? And kind of just explain that. Yeah. So, um, I think you and I and millions of others had a little taste during quarantine of what their life is like every day at home as a caregiver. 
it's it's deafening quiet it's so and it's very lonely you can't go out it's not like you can pick up a two-year-old and take him to the grocery store this is an adult male or female that needs 24-hour care especially if they're in a wheelchair like my father so it's very challenging and so i started doing more of these interviews and podcasts and shows to in kind of enhance or try to get others to look at the importance of checking on your loved one. Yeah. And just even if it's through technology, like you and I are talking today. And so what I found was through a lot of questions from caregiver support, uh, programs to caregiver conferences that I speak at was as an adult child like myself, like you caring for your loved ones or a parent caring, grandparent caring for grandkids, whatever the, the issue would be, is these adult children had some um, emotional history. They could not let go. For example, why should I help out my dad, man? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father now. I'm trying to grow this company. You know, yeah. I've got kids. I'm, I got to work. Where was he when he was, when I was going through little league, he never showed up to any of my games. And why should I go to take care of mom? She never showed up to any of my ballet recitals. And now she wants me to stop my life and help her out. Well, where was she when I was yeah. growing up? And so right. how do you let go of that emotional history and meet the person where they're at and so what i tried to encourage was to allow yourself to look at the situation that that mother or father back then is not the same person they are going through parkinson's or brain cancer oh, no. or concussions or alzheimer's or als or ms whatever it is and it's important that you let go of that maybe journal let yourself give yourself permission to feel that and say, I will not be like that person and step over that and grow as a better individual. Cause that person didn't make good choices, but you will. And so that will reap a lot of benefit because your children will see you do that. And so yeah. you, you'll, you'll carry on the legacy of what you want to leave your children that even though grandpa didn't or grandma didn't or so-and-so didn't, I will. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it almost like, uh, I feel like a lot of people my age, 28, younger, kind of maybe, I don't really know you, Tom, you guys are all weird. Um, you're 21. And, um, um, but like when we grow up, it, it, we, it, my, not me necessarily, but people like my age kind of that kind of have the feeling that you were talking about where it's like, they don't really want to let go, but also like they, 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 they want to have their, like their own thing. But so I, I really understand that. Um, so I actually just came up with this question about myself uh, just a second ago. Um, you were talking about concussions. I, I don't know if you know any, any, if this, uh, any about this at all, but um, like if, if they looked into concussions, possibly, I mean, it would cause a CTE, but is it, if they look at Parkinson's and other brain diseases through concussions, yeah, so um, one of the things I had been exposed to was um, a new uh, device technology that is being done now. It's actually coming out of Canada. And a good friend of mine, Shane Scott, here in St. Louis, 
is the owner of it. And what they're doing is they're testing athletes prior to their season, during season and after season. And what they're finding is a lot of these athletes are misconcussed, misdiagnosed. For instance, if you've been in Little League your whole life to get to high school and you are a star athlete and all of a sudden you get hit and you're a little wobbly and the the doctor that's on the field gives you a 10 question um, review to see if you're concussed. And all of a sudden he says, all right, you're concussed. You're out for the next four games. Every scout will know that every, now you're labeled. Now you will forever, they will forever know that you have been concussed. And now all of these years that you have trained and gotten to that level, you have just been told by a doctor that you have a concussion. Yeah, I, I think it's really... And so what they're doing is they're testing that these athletes don't have concussions. They're being misdiagnosed. So in order to have a true, true diagnosis of a concussion, you have to have this technology to okay. really scan the brain. Same with Parkinson's. A lot of these uh, GPs are diagnosing patients coming in their door and they're doing a 10-question questionnaire and saying, all right, you got Parkinson's. So the Parkinsonian community is huge and they're throwing these medical medicines out and they don't even have a true diagnosis of Parkinson's. In order to have a true diagnosis of Parkinson's, you have to have a brain scan. Not one, not two, but three different types of CAT scans, brain scans. And the reason I know that this is because I have worked and shadowed and had a lot of involvement with the doctor, the neurologist, the head neurologist out at Burroughs Neurological Institute. And they have discussed over and over and over the importance of understanding in order to have a true diagnosis of Parkinson's, you have to go to a neurologist that is trained to get yourself scanned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's really, the NFL has come a long way, I think. And I mean, I remember maybe even five years ago where the guys were wearing, I don't think it was near the, like, uh, like the updates that you're talking about, but like they were wearing helmets that about how your head got hit and like things like that. And I, I, I used to think I had never got concussion. I played high school football a little bit and everything, but I can always remember one time um, we were playing against my rival high school. I returned a kick and I got kneed in the head and I don't remember anything about that game. All I know is I played the rest of the game, and I don't remember anything. I muffed two punts, I guess. I don't know. So well, it was bad. But they're, 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 I think it's um, they're training these athletes to hit instead of head first, the shoulder, you know, the chest. I mean, there's a lot of tweaks that they're doing, and and and, but it's it's really important that these athletes, and honestly, that these athletes get. Um, scanned, but honestly, football is not the highest one out there for concussions. Yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah, exactly. What really? These girls are being dropped, and they're dropped and dropped, and they're right. doing over and over and over, and they're getting concussed. It's cheerleading. It is the highest over football. That is that, you that think is about it when it's a mass crisis. So you're looking at how many girls versus guys play football versus cheerleading. And cheerleading's all over. Not that football isn't, it is, but there's a lot more yeah. young ladies that are, you know, involved in the sport. So 
Yeah, that I guess if you look at it from a numbers standpoint, yeah, I, I, that clearly makes sense. I, I gotta say, I would not would I would not have guessed that. Um, I would have said something like hockey or maybe lacrosse, but uh, no, that's that that that's surprising. Um, so I have one more question for you, and then I'm gonna let Tom ask a couple questions. Um, so you're talking about how football, and I'm kind of relating this to football, and I'm a football fan, and Tom's a football fan. I'm sure you're a football fan. Um, with with the new rules and everything about affecting the head a lot of fans and a lot of players think that like you're losing the true meaning of football you're not hitting anymore so I guess what would you have to say to them about that like well this is going to cause such and such so it's this is why it's implemented kind of thing well yeah I mean it's it's a, it's a domino effect and if you have safety first you can go the distance and you remember this is not a sprint this is a marathon it's a long, long road. And, you know, honestly, perfect example, Tom Brady wasn't chose, and he's not a seven-time Super Bowl champion because of his arm. Pure talent doesn't get you there. You know what gets you there? You have a dietitian. You have an emotional coach. You have a trainer. You have um, you have amazing teammates. You, I mean, it's, it's a whole package. Yeah, and, and it's... You know, you know, and, and he does it, he, he does it right. It's consistency is the key and you can't expect to be on the field and the first year go to, I mean, maybe you do. I mean, it's very few go to the Super Bowl, but it's consistency. Look at the stats. Look at the guy. He, he's been in the NFL for a long time and is- he has perfected. He's been consistent. <laughs> And he's probably been doing the same routine. I'm putting the black and yellow and green socks on every single game. I mean, and and it is it goes to show you that it's kind of like life. You know, when you raise a kid, you're not going to raise a kid overnight. It's consistency. It's 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 giving them the wisdom that you know to get them to fly away and to be the best, you know, individual young adult so they can perform in life like you want them to. And so, you know, going back to any athlete or anybody that wants to engage and get involved is, you know, we live in this instant gratification society. You know, it's 99 cents for a supersized fries and, you know, a soft drink. You live on Instagram and, and Snapchat and, you know, everything's instant. I want it now, 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 now. You know, it doesn't happen that way. And we have to put in the work. You have to give yourself permission to allow yourself to fall a thousand times in order to get yourself up and say, you know what? I am who I am today because of all the falls, because of all the mistakes. I love making mistakes. I love it because I know on the other end of it, yeah, of course it hurts. Yeah, of course. I'm not perfect. I'm not God junior. I don't have to I don't have all the answers, but what I do have is a really, really good network of people around me that if I don't know the answer, that's my go-to. Those are the people I go to. A perfect example, Michael Jordan, great, amazing athlete, right? He stepped off the, the, the court, went to baseball. I am really good friends with his hitting coach, Mike Barnett. Many people don't know this. After he was done practicing, every player went home. You know where Michael went? 
He went to the hit. men's cages for yeah. two hours every single day after practice. And he hit with Coach Barnett. Two hours, two hours. And he just hit and hit and hit every single day after practice. Yeah, that's... Uh, that, 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 it wasn't his talent, but tenacity pushed him. Yeah. I mean, he just, he was a driven. Michael Jordan didn't start off with pure talent. He had something... But then over time, just like Phelps, Michael Phelps, over time, they polish it. They coach. They have an emotional coach. They get somebody in there. This whole team work together to drive them to be the best possible person they could be. And I think that goes for anything in life, whether it's athletics, whether it's a job, whether it's a family man, whether it's persevering to try something maybe you're not the best dancer but yet you still go in and you end up making the team like a Jennifer exactly. Cobb so <laughs> exactly I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you saw uh me, me and Tom were like laughing and moving our heads around when you were talking about Tom Brady um we're Browns and we're Browns and Jets fans uh we don't like Tom Brady but so it's yeah, tough I for mean, it's tough I to mean, hear how good I do. It's tough to hear how good he is. Know him personally and on and off the field. I'm just looking at in terms of talent. Yeah. Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Phelps, um, you know, even the women athletes out there. I mean, there's amazing athletes, but you don't get to that level by just pure talent. And there's all this behind the scenes that goes in to polishing that talent to make them at that level that caliber that they're at which you know is great yeah yeah absolutely right. tom's got some questions i do i do i'm gonna bring it back towards the uh towards the fundraising aspect if you don't mind um so i'm sure that you know with with the drive that you have and and the effort that you put into everything that you do you probably could have done this yourself but uh, who really helped you get the fundraiser up and running? Like who, who was there with you from the ground floor up? <laughs> right. <laughs> I should have guessed. <laughs> yeah. I just, I have great people in my corner and people want to help. And I just, I, I don't know. I, when you meet them and you ask, a lot of people are afraid. Oh, I don't want them to say no. Okay. What's the biggest fear? They're going to say no. <laughs> I've been told that more times than I think any other piece of advice that I have. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is that the worst? All right. Well, I'm going to do it. Right. So I um, just, I'd make, you know, relationships and connections and I would make friends and I'd say, Hey, can you go out and help get, you know, see if you knew anybody that would help. And this is what I need water. I need bagels. I need, you know, so it just, it all worked out and it was, it's just an amazing, those were amazing events. And, um, I'm, I'm just really proud that I was, you know, able to pull it off. So, so where can people go to donate and, and get involved with this? You know, yeah, um, so yeah, we're relaunching our website, um, in the next couple of weeks, www.teamgatewaytoacure.org. And you can go on to the website, get more information about Parkinson's, the symptoms, caregiver support, what that looks like. We always accept a donation. Um, you know, of course, that will go to a, a great cause for caregivers um, in the community to help give and assist what they're going through. 
Um, and then also the documentary movie, you can watch the trailer. It's about Dr. Jerry Medoff, who became world famous years ago when he invented the, the cocktail of HIV uh, medicine, which was a huge pandemic uh, back then. Now it's COVID. Um, unfortunately, Dr. Jerry Medoff passed away of Parkinson's um, disease. And so now the, the documentary kind of unfolds a race for another day what the what what it will look like for another day until we do have a cure like AIDS now they take one pill and live a normal life so what will Parkinson's be 20 years from now the way hopefully cured yeah yeah hopefully non-existent so, <laughs> a race for another day in the life of a person who has Parkinson's is a caregiver giving them hope and comfort while they go through the day while they go through their weeks years and life that's the race. That's awesome. Um, so absolutely. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to have you guys do a little trivia off in a sec, but um, I just want everyone to know. So go to teamgatewaytoacure.org to um, either donate or get involved. And we also like to say to you, if you want to come on whatever, whenever you want and uh, just uh, plug whatever you want. Absolutely. We're always open. If you ever, uh, he lives in India or you live in New York, don't you Tom? Uh, and I live Jersey. in that's gross. And I live in Cleveland. So if you ever are around here or want to fundraise around here, absolutely. just let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. We so are definitely much. absolutely want to get involved. It's definitely a really, 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 really good cause. So um, our whole site and everyone is dedicated to it. Um, but now the real question is, are you ready for the trivia? Oh, dear. <laughs> I, this is this is before Tom was born. So he might not oh. know this either. Oh, okay. Oh, don't don't all do right. that. <laughs> okay. All right. So I got five questions. Okay. Who had the most passing yards in the NFL in 1995 when the Rams came back uh, or when they went, went to uh, St. Louis? Uh, was it John Elway, Warren Moon, Drew Bledsoe, or Brett Favre? Drew. I'm going to go John Elway. Drew Bledsoe is correct. <laughs> Wow, Tom, one nothing, Jen. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I'm only asked three questions. All right. This one's easy. I, we already talked about this. Who did the Rams beat in the Super Bowl in 2000? The, the Titans. We just talked about this. The Titans, yeah. Titans. Titans. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. And then in 95, who won the NFL MVP? Uh, he would go on to win two. This would be his first of three straight. Oh. He was – I said him in one of the earlier questions. I'm going to go with Brett Favre. That's my answer. Oh, I guess I'll go the same. All right, Jen wins because it was Brett Favre. So <laughs> you, get, you get you get two two questions to one. So um, like I said, that's, uh, that's, all, that's all the questions we have for you. Um, like I said, you are more than willing to come on whatever you want. Uh, I have uh, Fago's contact information. He talked to me and he's actually going to, he's going to come on next week with us and we're going to ask him about his being publicist and everything. Um, yep. But like I said, Thank go you ahead. So go much ahead. for having me on www.teamgatewaytoacure.org. People can reach out. I answer all my emails. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. So Jennifer Cobb, Team Gateway to a Cure. What's reach your Twitter? 
Um, Would, oh my gosh, I don't even have it memorized. Wait, let's look. Let's see if I can find it just on the search bar here. Oh, I'm lucky to figure out where I'm going to be tomorrow. Tom's all over Twitter. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, Twitter right. is, I think it's, okay, What? where am I here? Team Gateway to a Cure at Jen L. Cobb 3. Jen, J-E-N-L-C-O-B-B-3. Awesome. So we will definitely, um, when we when we post this on the website, which will be done right after this, um, and then we'll also post it on Anchor, which is, so it'll be spread out everywhere. Um, it'll go on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. It goes to all the podcasts, wherever you download them, it goes on. And like I said, if you ever want to come on again or you have some uh, – like if you want to do a T-shirt maybe or something with us or something in the future, just let us I know. We are yeah. we are more than willing to help out. I know that like a T-shirt does a lot of – I mean I, I know online people sell T-shirts that go to a cause and it does really well. So if you yeah. ever want to get involved or help and have us get involved, just let us know. Um, uh, I will send – Fago has my email. Um, but uh, so he can give it to you if, if you need yeah. it and along with Tom's and uh, like I said, Jen, this was awesome. Can you just tell people what, can you tell us one more time where we can find you and how to donate? Yep. www.teamgatewaytoacure.org. Awesome. You awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. You, Jen. Okay, Have a good bye. night. All right. That was awesome. That was good. We got some good stuff there. We I did. hope I, I I, I really hope she, I, I mean, I would want to, I would do a t-shirt. I love um, t-shirts. That, I felt so bad when she was talking about Tom Brady and I, I started just doing it. You're laughing, bro. I, 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 did, I started doing it. I, I wasn't even looking at you. I was like, I hope Tom looks professional. I look up at you and you're like, oh God. I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to be like, you do know also that we know Tom Grady is the greatest quarterback ever, but we also still make fun of the fact that he has all those things because that's the only thing we can bring him down with. Bro, I was just sitting – I wasn't even thinking about any of that. As soon as she said Tom Brady, I just went into like an entire like relive, like deja vu moment of all the shit that we've oh, talked she, on Boston since we started here, and I just – I started and, dying, and, and bro. The interview was great. Like Jen is super cool. I, super I'm nice. sure she's going to want to come back on. But, yes, when we were very unprofessional when she started <laughs> talking about but Tom Brady because we were just like – just not talk about – anyone else but, she literally picked yeah. the one person that could break us i mean i will i will i will i will give it to her she switched to michael jordan which made me a little bit happier but um when she was talking about tom brady so i apologize then we listen to this we are laughing at that but we just and it's true he's the greatest of all time we're not laughing at you but we just suffer because tom brady i've suffered my football fandom for the last 28 years at least 20 years of it has become top because of Tom Brady. So I, I, Tom Brady has been in the league since I was alive. Like just to put it in perspective, like I have not the, known the NFL without Tom the, Brady, the Rams, the Rams won that 2000 Super Bowl. Tom Brady won his first the next year. Yeah. And he, he got drafted in 99 started. I thought in the, in the 99 at some point, maybe 2000, but like there has not been a time where Tom Brady has not been in the league and I have been around. Like, I just thought about that. I just thought about that. He won the 2001 Super Bowl and the 2020. That has to be the hugest gap. 20 years since you're for, between two first, of the Super yeah. Bowls. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
All right. Well, like I said, that's awesome for Jen. We uh, look forward to getting in touch with her. And like I said, Fago is going to come, uh, her agent and her publicist. I don't know if he's her agent, but he's her publicist. And he's going to come on uh, sometime next week. Uh, like we said, Thursday, though, we have absolutely, we have big old linemen. So I'm very excited about that. But definitely everyone, when we post this online, we uh, will put all the links everywhere. We'll put her Twitter. Um, definitely go and donate because they're, I mean, there are Parkinson's fundraisers out there, but there's not as much as you think they are. For There's a lot of ALS, which these are all terrible things, but there's just not as much for Parkinson's. And I think it's a really good cause. And like I said, I haven't dedicated my life to anything ever. She dedicated her life to curing Parkinson's. So we at least can help out on that. So definitely 100%. everyone check that out. Um, like I said, we'll probably be in touch with her and she'll probably come back on at some point. But for now, we are going to get back to our free agency talk in the NFL, which is good because Tommy Brady is not a free agent, so he cannot possibly come up. Even though, even even though, the, even though the Bucks will come up, so that's um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you start with the AFCS. We got the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. Uh, let's uh, do the needs first, and I'll do my needs, and we'll get into some. Um, uh, some picks. I will say, out of the like, out of any conference in uh, air division in the NFL, it seems like the West needs more offensive line help than any other conference or division. That and secondary, because I literally have three out of the four teams need secondary help. I was going to say I probably need two. Um, One, yeah. two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. have all four. <laughs> you have all four needs yeah. secondary. So I mean, yeah. I always I the way I look at free agency in the draft the draft is different because in free agency I look at like like if someone's good out there you should still go get him even if it's not a huge need but um right. so but yeah go ahead uh I'm gonna start with the top and we'll work our way down because I think that's more fun <laughs> um yeah, so if we're looking at at the Chiefs you know runner up this year. I mean, everyone saw what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, they need offensive line. And I know that so they were bad. missing two their two starters, and two, both of them were pro bowlers. Because I think Eric Fisher was out with a Achilles or Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher was a pro bowler this year. I mean, he's been a former pro bowler too. I think he's only been one time, but yeah, yeah, no, he was out, he, and then obviously Mitchell Schwartz. Yeah, That's who huge. opted out. Yeah, so you're missing your two starting tackles. Then there was another injury in the game, so you're playing with a bunch of guys not playing normal positions. Like, dude, it was like you, it was, you know, it exactly like it was. It was exactly like the uh, the Browns game versus the Steelers in Week 17, where the yeah. Browns had no coach and like nobody. So yeah, yeah. it was just uh, yeah. chicken with the head cut off. So like, I, yeah. I understand it looked a lot worse than it actually is, but like they still need offensive line help. I don't care if even if you do get those two guys back and they're fully healthy, you still need I, it. you still need <laughs> the help there. I don't think offensive line is the most important position of football. I think that's clearly the quarterback, but offensive line depth is yep. way is probably the most important thing. Maybe and defensive line depth, but I mean. Right. Like you said, as a Browns fan, I saw it at the end of the year. I mean, Wyatt Teller was out, and then the guy who started for Wyatt Teller got hurt, and they brought in a guy with the Steelers who was on the practice squad a year ago or a week ago, and it just signed uh, like a like a, a week contract. A week and, long deal. <laughs> and then Baker Baker talked about it after the game, and he was like, he was like, um, yeah, uh, I met that guy in the locker room when we were coming out, and he stepped in. Like, <laughs> he played guard for us. It's like his name was Dane, and uh, but he did a great job. But 
Yeah, I, mean, I love it that. Was, I, it was weird. So, but yeah, I um, obviously offensive line. So go on. Yep, offensive line. Then defensive line. Not because it's bad. I actually think that the Chiefs have one of the better duos on the defensive line in the league. But they're getting a little bit older. Um, I is one of them up for a contract? I don't um, think so because I didn't see it, but. I could be wrong. I don't, you know, I mean, no, they're definitely, I, they would have all their offensive linemen or I, I, any of them to note would probably be somewhere where we would have seen them already. Uh, yeah. So taco Charlton and Tano Capasagon, I think are their other two starters. Um, mm-hmm. along with Alex Okafer, who's a, who's the third guy that like rotates in uh, other than Frank Clark and, uh, Frank, Car- Frank Clark. Frank Clark and D4. I don't think D4 is on the Chiefs. I thought he signed with the Chiefs. I think he signed with someone else last year. Because um, oh. I think I, I don't think he's on the Chiefs. Then who I'm am I thinking the, of? Frank Clark uh, and Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Chris Jones. That's right. I was he's thinking defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, he's defensive tackle. But yeah, so, they're both lo- they're both locked up. They're they're locked up. They're good. But everyone else on the defensive line is a free agent, so they really need to re-sign some guys. Now I know that's not like oh you know on paper that's only a problem yes and no like you guys could get some more help so it's not just two guys if you can get four super solid defensive linemen and only rush four to get pressure you can have all of your linebackers drop back in coverage and make it impossible it's like when the Jets went to the back to back AFC Championships it was solely yeah. because the defensive line was amazing and Darrell Rivas was locked down so if you yeah. get that and then I didn't really have a third one for the Chiefs so I said potentially a wide receiver three. Because you have Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman. They're really like speedsters and they fit the offense well. But Sammy Watkins a free agent and you really do need a guy who can go up and get those really high balls in the end zone. Even though a lot of them are going to Travis Kelsey, it'd be more of a luxury thing. So do uh, you say yeah, not to read? It's definitely, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely more of a luxury. And you know what sucks? Well, it doesn't suck for the Chiefs. I'm happy because I would like to see the Chiefs come back to earth a little bit. They aren't going to be able to find that offensive tackle help or offensive line help in the. Oh, they might find a guard late, maybe if uh, Wyatt Davis sticks around. Um, but they probably won't be able to help that. And it, the thing that sucks is they're going to get like the thirty-first pick or whatever, and they're still going to take someone offensive. They're going to take like another wide receiver. It's going to be they're going to take like Kadarius Tony from Florida. Uh, I actually started working on my mock two last night, and uh, oh, I don't have you? I don't have Tony making it there. <laughs> Uh, um, why? Because we why? Because I saw someone compared uh, Kadarius Tony to Justin Jefferson Jefferson this year, and they basically said Kadarius Tony was better in college, and so that they're like, so he's clearly better than Justin Jefferson. So it was just like very so, odd, like yeah, no, I feel, I was very not, odd. It's not yeah. like I have him going in the top ten or the top twenty. I mean, I have him going like three picks, I think, before the Chiefs. I think I have him going twenty eight to the Packers. But like it, it's not a lie. You know what I'm saying. But it's what yeah, I, yeah, no, I got you. Yeah. Um, I mean, so you said not to read the the perfect pickups, though, right? You said you're gonna go over your list. Yeah. Then we'll go all the way down through the list, and then we'll go through team by right, team right, down right. there. Um, I, I, but I mean, there's no really reason to read it. I, I said O line and secondary as well. Um, they made a big a big mistake last year. Um, not re-signing Kendall Fuller. Yeah. Especially that, with I mean, the season that he had on Washington. I mean, that I he mean, balled out. And he had a he had a good first year with the Chiefs too. Like, I just I just 
that the more that I think about that, I mean, especially in the slot, that could have really helped them. But like I said, I have O-line, secondary as well, and linebacker. Um, just more for luxury as well. Um, yeah. I don't. They, they could find a linebacker late. Um, well, you got to remember they had an opt out or two in the linebacking core because I know Willie Gay Jr. opted out, and he was he's a very big part of that defense. So again, I agree, it's another luxury. <laughs> I, yeah. So all right. Um, then I'll go next one, and then you can go Broncos as well. Uh, so for the Broncos, I put quarterback in there. Um, I'm not completely out on Drew Luck, but. If they can trade into the top ten, or I, what pick do they have? I Is think like they have 12? nine. Oh, they do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have nine. Um, if they do have nine, then um, then that'd be perfect for them uh, to get. Or it wouldn't be perfect. I I think Lance will last that long. I think Lance. Well, I'm getting into something else that I'm gonna <laughs> think later. Okay. Um, but I think they would be a major – if they're ninth, that would be a major spot where either you have a guy like Lance – Wilson, no way he makes it – Fields doesn't make it that far either. Or you have Lance or a guy like Mac Jones who could – if you really wanted to them, they could sneak into the top ten. Right. But I, I don't know. I'd just give – I'd give Drew Locke – I'd get like some help otherwhere and then give Drew Locke a year and then pick another one. Um, but I also had for them um, – uh, uh, wide receiver, uh, Jerry Judy had a pretty good year, um, but it wasn't incredible. And then I obviously have edge because they need at some point, maybe not this year, but they're going to need to, if they ever want to be, okay, that sounds dumb. If they want to get successful again, they need to replace what they had when Von Miller was young. That works for them. Right. They need a younger, they need a young, Von, I mean, if they would get a younger Von Miller, like if they got Shaquille um, Barrett, Shaq Barrett, and then have uh, Chubb and Shaquille, Shaq Barrett right there. I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty damn good. Right. And then I think I, I have. Uh, uh, they could use corner as well. Um, uh, yeah. Did you why do you have corner? Corner is my number one need for them. I mean, it was yeah, I, 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 atrocious. I, 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 uh, I mean, I've seen most mocks have them taking either Sertain or uh, uh, Farley. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, that was one I think they're going to address in the draft. Maybe they'll get another guy, but I'm very not concerned, but I'm, I'm questioning why you have wide out on there. Cause I actually think that they have, even though no one's a superstar quite yet, I think they have a lot of young talent at wide out between Jerry Judy, who could turn into a true one. Uh, Tim Patrick. I don't think they're going to let go. Um, Deshaun Hamilton, KJ Hamler. And then you got to remember Cortland Sutton, missed the entire season after week four because he tore his ACL. That and makes him injury a, prone. That makes him injury prone though. See, he had one. Injury. I, it's not like he has a history I, of tearing. I know. I know this is, and this is, I have two things. Okay. When someone tears the ACL, when someone tears their ACL and it's not fair and I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I can't think of anyone that's ever really returned to their true form. Adrian Peterson. Not his true form. Adrian the man Peterson. Tore, he came back from a torn ACL and another ligament and ran for 2,000 yards and won MVP. Maybe how is Adrian that not Peterson. true form? I, I'm sorry. I'm just saying with how, 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 like. It's not common. I got you. Aware injury, like how aware athletes are, kind of what Jen was talking about with concussions too. Like how aware athletes are of their own injuries. Like, I, I don't know. He just, he just, 
it's right or wrong, but I look at Cortland Sutton and I say, yes, obviously good receiver. Hopefully he comes back, but there's a red check. Like there's a red star above it. Like, yeah, no, it you got to watch sense. that. It makes sense. I yeah, was no, just... and, and <laughs> I, I honestly think other than everyone could use a wide receiver. Yeah. You wide receiver true. for any team. Yeah. Wide receiver could be just one of those positions. Um, (laughs) because if you think about it, you either need four reliable receivers or three reliable receivers and one reliable tight end, basically. So yeah, you need, you need four guys to catch the ball if you need. Um, anyway, back to my little list. I had corner as their number one, but I, again, I feel they're going to address that in the draft, uh, safety because Justin Simmons technically hasn't been signed yet. So I, I had, I don't know if you saw yeah. they're probably going to franchise tag him, but I saw I saw they're going to franchise tag him, which is bullshit. I hate that. I, hate I that. yeah. I mean, but it's technically it's, it's still a need, and you could get a secondary guy like to play free safety. Is he free or strong? I don't even remember. He's free, and then uh, Kareem Jackson, I think, is there strong. Yeah, but he's a free agent, and he was. I thought he was listed as a corner. He's old too. He's like thirty three. Yeah, so they're probably not bringing him back. So you need a safety. Either way. Um, and then uh, my third biggest need was quarterback because I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, yeah, Kareem Jackson has a club option for 11 mil this year, and he's 33. He's not coming back. Yeah, um, so I guess what I will say about drafting in the ninth position, I don't think Trey Lance or Mac Jones should be taken in that spot. But I also don't know how good next year's quarterback class is going to be. Like, I've tried to look into it, and a lot of people have, like, I mean, who, who, I mean, who's going to come out? It's uh, 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 JT Daniels. Um, <laughs> oh, everyone's, like, super, super high on that Sam Howell kid from North Carolina. I like him. I like him because I like North Carolina. But um, I know you do. So I don't know. I, I, I would think that Sam Howell will probably be – I would be surprised if there was a number one pick taken as a quarterback next year, unless someone like they Zach say Wilson the Lions talks. are going to take him for Sam Howell. <laughs> this is probably old because now they have Jared Goff, but Sam Howell, uh, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma is coming out. Spencer uh, Rattler. Okay. <laughs> I, before we even, I, I'm just going to say it. Spencer Rattler is going to have a worse NFL career than Braxton Miller. Agreed. Spencer Rattler is about, <laughs> a, about, is about two inches taller than Kyler Murray and not anywhere near as athletic and not anywhere near as good at throwing the ball. So he, I've said it about Murray. I love him. Once he gets to age 30, it's going to be different for him. So, Agreed. and then, so uh, I mean, that's the same with that. So then also look Kedon Clovis, Slovis, the gift from USC, Slovis. Kedon, Kedon Slovis. Kedon. I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I see how Walter football. Yeah. You want Walter football? No, I was on uh, Sports Kedia. Oh, I got Walter real, real football. Quick. Hey, I, I, Walter football I give easily. you. Some, uh, I got some good news for you. They have they have the they have uh, Lions taking him, and then they have the Texans. This is stupid. <laughs> oh my god! Do you see who it is? Yeah. <laughs> that guy sucked at Oregon. He was Wait, so bad on Walter football. Tyler Shaw. Oh, okay. I was looking at a different one from a different right. That's my bad. I saw Sam Howell. <laughs> no, I saw Sam yeah, Howell as one. Tyler so I, no, 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 no. Sam Howell is one. I'm saying Tyler okay. Shaw is two. He's two. 
Wow. I mean, <laughs> he was God. Oh, dude, he, he was God awful at Oregon this year. And it's not like Texas Tech has Kirk uh, Cliff Kingsbury anymore. How good. Uh, um, how but good I do is see, he I do see, he was terrible last year. That's why he transferred. Um, but I do have some good news for you. I do have your, I have some good news for you in the 2022. It looks like you guys are going to pick up, um, Derek Stingley, which would be dope. I love Derek Stingley. Oh, yo, he's, he's so good. I would love that. He actually had a really bad year this year. He had a really bad year this year. He got hurt a couple of times, but he had a really bad year. But yeah, no, I mean, any, (laughs) any defensive back from LSU, I am always open to like, whatever. Yeah. They work out. (laughs) Um, so why don't you go on to the Chargers? Because I think I think the Chargers are an interesting team. I'm going to the Raiders because the Chargers finished last in the division. That I was doing it from top to bottom division. The Raiders but, are always going to be the worst. If the Raiders don't make the playoffs, they're always the worst team in that division. Well, not this year. So the Raiders, <laughs> surprise, I, I have them. Their two biggest needs are cornerback and secondary or, or safety because their secondary was – complete garbage <laughs> it was just absolutely awful and they need a defensive end because keelan farrell does not cut make the cut he's just clellan clellan whatever i don't even care his, he was terrible he's garbage so i don't pronounce his name right kurt is getting me angry right now he's texting me and saying that um He's definitely – that uh, Rattler's definitely going to be better than Braxton Miller. Shut up, Kurt. Okay. Um, I'll go with the Raiders Crazy. too. Yeah, I have I have secondary edge. I mean, I hate saying – I'm getting sick of saying needs for them. I should almost, We should almost be the point where we're just saying what players they should get um, because, <laughs> like, the Raiders aren't going to go out and sign a guy like Joe Tooney who would be great for them. Right. They'll go out and sign – they'll go out and sign a 34-year-old Trent Williams for seven years – 300 million look and that it'd still be a good pickup because i think trent no, williams yeah, is still very good no i yeah, i agree i not, agree i, you're, I have, you're I have right. one of their fits i have one of their fits i have is trent williams yeah <laughs> anyway um yeah so you said you had o-line and what else uh secondary and edge yeah because Cle- i mean like you said clellan farrell's not really doing it um which i can't i still can't believe he took him fourth overall that was so stupid. Fourth, and then they took Coming Damon out, Arnett twentieth because he. I mean, that's that, that's such. A, that's why the that's why the Raiders are last. They suck because their coach. There's not a coach. Their coach is not a coach, and their GM is a scout for Bleacher Report. Mike Mayock. God. I know Mike Mayock. <laughs> um, I love, right, so I love Mike Mayock's mocks, but can't he's get a, behind exactly. him in the GM. He's garbage. He's a, He's a scout. Um, so you would think they the, would make the right picks if he's a scout and a very was, good one. I mean, but now he's Henry, taking Farrell at four and then took Damon Arnett 20th the next year. Henry Ruggs went for uh, he was 11. No, 12 because we were 11. Yeah. Was, Henry Ruggs who, went 12. So CD Lamb went in the top 10, right? No, he went. 21 20 to the Cowboys. So they, they took so they took rugs is the first one, or was it the Broncos? First over Judy? first oh overall receiver. Judy I mean, went 14. Play. I'm I'm pretty sure my numbers are right. 
like I love playing with Henry Ruggs in Madden because he's a cheat code yes. basically. But um, other, I mean, that was, I mean, I don't know how you as a scout look at Henry Ruggs versus Jerry Judy. I can see a little bit, but versus um, CD Lamb and not think CD Lamb was better. I don't. Right. Understand. So so Ruggs went twelve, like I said. Judy went fifteen, not fourteen, and Lamb went seventeen. And Justin Jefferson went twenty-two. Jalen Rager went twenty-one. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk twenty-five. T Higgins thirty-three. Pittman thirty-four. I mean, there were a lot of good receivers in this class. That's why I said. Like, and they picked, good. and they picked probably the the worst one this year, the one that had the worst season. <laughs> but the first one, anyway, um, we can move on to the Chargers now. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Chargers are very interesting because I think if they made a couple of the right moves, they could be a not be more close to a serious threat to the Chiefs in the division. Um, but. Uh, uh, as always, with a good quarterback, a good young quarterback, uh, I mean, you need someone out there to protect him. Um, I, who is our left tackle? I don't know. It's not is anyone it Forrest good. Forrest Lamp? I don't know. It's not anyone good, so that's why I, I mean, they need – And okay, so question. Who would you rather have, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? I think you asked me that, and I think I said Burrow. Okay, good. You're not an idiot. I um, mean, I love Justin – I love Justin Herbert. He's amazing. In every facet. And like I was looking at it from the question of like not having Joe Burrow have his knee destroyed. But like Herbert looks legit. I'll say that much. But I just think Burrow is going to have a better career overall. He looks like a twig. Um, But okay, that's whatever. Um, And then I had the Chargers. Um, They could use help in the secondary other than. First of all, they need to find a place to play Derwin James. And second of all, I have receiver like I have for most. He needs to get healthy, but they need to figure out like they to me the Chargers are playing Derwin James where Isaiah Simmons should be playing. I agree. In a different role. Like he's more like, but they don't and they use more of him like as a free safe. Some I don't know. But yeah, I mean their secondary needs help. But I like I said, if they pick up some of the right pieces. I mean that. I mean with Herbert. I mean, and going forward, that I mean, and Melvin Gordon and Eckler. They don't have Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's on the Broncos. Whatever. <laughs> they have Eckler and Eckler. And Eckler. Whatever. Go on. Um, so I, I have a cornerback as well. That's their number two for they me. Could always, they could always. They could always use a. Uh, I forgot about this. Melvin Ingram is getting old, so they could use a right end. I agree with that. Um, we had basically the same top three needs, uh, O-line, corner, and instead of a wide receiver, I had a tight end, but basically the same thing. Like I, It was just another threat that could also block because I actually like a bunch of the receivers for the Chargers. They're just getting a little older, like Keenan Allen. Um, Mike Williams yeah. is actually starting to really come into his own. I like Mike Williams. I like um, they Williams have two, two rookies who didn't have terrible first years, I guess. They weren't great, but they were good enough. So it would be it would be sweet if uh, if, if uh, the 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 Chargers could pull off a trade for Nick Bosa, get both of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then just get like all just get like two Ohio State defensive tackles and then two Ohio State corners. Just make it all Ohio State. <laughs> Go for right, it. So you, you, you can start. 
you go you can you can start with whoever you want for your fits. All right, so we're gonna go up to the Chiefs again because we'll just work down for their offensive line. I would like Ch- I would like to say this before we get started with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are one are gonna be another team like they were kind of last year and how um Tampa Bay was this past year. I think they're gonna get a lot of interest in free agency. Yeah, which I agree. Obviously, which obviously makes sense. Yeah, which makes sense, but they just have to make they have to make the actual right moves, not the like not just what they the flashy moves. Right. So so the Chiefs are currently, I think, fourth in least amount of cap space. They're at minus around 20 million. So they don't really have a lot of leverage. They're gonna need to sign older guys that'll help them win now and kind of restructure after that. So for their offensive line fit. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva from the uh, Steelers, I think would be a really good fit in there because he plays interior line. So doesn't really clash with the two guys that they have that are very good. Um, and he'll be a nice cheap option that'll still provide them a little stability in there. For their defensive line, um, I could see him taking a very, very cheap shot on Jadevi and Clowney. Um, just because, like I was talking about earlier, you just want to get a third or fourth guy in there to – maybe make a play or two just to get some added pressure. Um, and then for my wide receiver three that I had brought up and I was kind of talking about AJ green is a free agent and he is exactly the type of person that they need because you can have Hardman and Hill just do their crossing routes and run wherever and do whatever they're doing and then have AJ green go out there to go get the high balls. So, uh, yeah, I thought the same thing with them, um, except not with A.J. Green. Um, I didn't know they were in that cap space hell, which, I mean, it makes sense, but I had Allen Robinson, but whatever. That's why I don't, that's why I don't pay attention to the cap. Um, so I have for them – I really just have two for them. Um, Peterson, uh, Patrick Peterson, I think would be – you should be able to get him for cheap on a year or two deal. Right. And then if they can find money to get Von Miller, um, which I don't know if they can because Von, like Patrick Peterson's definitely going to take a pay cut and Von Miller's definitely going to take a pay cut, but it will not be as big of a pay cut as Patrick Peterson's. Yeah. Cause he's still focused on getting some of that money off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess I'll, I'll go next. Um, yep. Who we do, next is the Broncos. Yeah. Um, that's what we went with. So, um, I, I hate the fact that we have the same person for one of these positions. Um, I um, hate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I were the Broncos, I mean, I've said this a million times. I think about every team. Fitz, Fitz should go play for him. Fitz would be great. Um, I love Fitz. Um, basically, you do how you bring Fitz in without completely killing Drew Locke is you do exactly what the Dolphins did this year. Yep. That. That was exactly Which, the point I was going to make. <laughs> you just do exactly what they were doing this year, and then and then by the time the draft start or the season's over is coming to an end, fans will eventually realize that Jake or not Jake Lock, uh, uh, Drew Lock isn't the guy, and they'll just forget about him, and they'll be all focused in. It's almost like you bring in Fitz as like a mirage. So yeah, like, they're like, oh, he's you here. Pay, you pay attention over here. He threw 300 yards. Don't pay attention to the quarterback we drafted in the that first sucks. round. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, it's, it's, speaking of that, they've had some bad draft picks. Drew Locke and um, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly, Brock Osweiler. The list goes on. Paxton Lynch. 
Uh, who was the other kid that they drafted that was the same? Didn't they draft like two quarterbacks in like the same draft? There was Paxton Lynch and there was um, the, and uh, oh, I see number him. 15. Ryan, Trevor Simeons. Um, Trevor oh, Simeons. No, they, Trevor Simeons. Ryan Ma- I was thinking about Ryan Mallett. That's what I was thinking of. That was like a while ago, bro. I'm saying they yeah, drafted like Paxton, I, they drafted Simeon and Lynch in like the same draft. And they then drafted they, have, Lynch. they drafted Lynch like. 15, 20, 14. No, like what year? I think, I think it was like, oh, 14. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know. It wasn't because it, it was after Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, it was after he was drafted in 16. Then they must have won it in 15. Or I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. All I know is. All right, go so- on. Um, uh, so yeah, I have, I have Fitz. Um, and I think Mike Hilton would be good. Obviously I love Allen Robinson. I want him. To go to a good team, I would. If the Browns could manage to free themselves of oh, OBJ's no. contract okay. and bring in Allen Robinson's, yeah, they would have probably the best receiving slash tight ends room in the NFL. I mean, they already have two of the best tight ends in the NFL, which one of them is probably going to leave. So it sucks, but whatever. Rip, bring them over to New York, baby. I'm all hey, for hey. it. The only thing I will say about it is this was this is kind of like the same thing that Browns had. The Browns fans were infatuated with Duke Johnson, and they they never got used right for the Browns. And everyone was so mad when we traded him to the Texans, and it kind of showed that he was he was, he could make plays, but he really wasn't that much to be giving away, and wasn't that much to be thought of about it. So right, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So then for my Broncos, their their main priority has to be working something out long-term with Simmons. I mean, he, he's a stud, and he shouldn't be going anywhere. So you got to figure out something to work there. Um, for my quarterback, I also put Fitzpatrick because he's the perfect guy to bring in to compete with Drew Locke and maybe force him to play better or not because, obviously, Fitzpatrick's a much better quarterback than everyone gives him credit for, and he could throw for 400 yards any game with that offense. Um, but if you wanted to go long-term and get rid of Drew Locke, going after Dak wouldn't be terrible. You can't count them out for the Watson sweepstake either. Um, to fix their other safety problem, uh, I also had Anthony Harris because he, even though he's a little bit older, he could still play very well, I think, with Justin Simmons. They complement each other very well. Um, and then I actually had Patrick Peterson maybe going to the Broncos, potentially. Yeah. That seems, I mean, that makes sense. Um, all right, so why don't you go on to your Raiders? Right. So I had two on here for defensive ends because I feel like that's a bigger need than filling both secondary holes because they do have a bunch of young draft capital invested in uh, corners and I think a safety too. So yeah, they, for, Eli, they, Eli Apple. Is Eli Apple him, there? It's either him or Gary and Conley. It's one of those guys. I, th- I thought Eli Apple was with the Raiders, but then he went to the Saints. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Place. I don't, know. They, I don't they, even know. They, what, Conley and Eli Apple got drafted way higher than they should have out of Ohio State. Hopefully. 100%. Um, so I didn't focus as much on the secondary, um, but if they wanted to pick up someone in the secondary, that'll make an immediate impact. Keanu Neal from the Falcons. He's a little bit older. He fits their budget, by the way. I forgot to read off what their cap number is. Um but the Raiders currently sit with six million, almost seven million in cap space. So better than the Chiefs, but not very good as they currently rank twenty first. Um, uh, 
Go ahead. I was just going to say Keanu Neal uh, should be a cheapish option to plug in. And then for the ends, again, you're looking kind of cheap because you're right up against the cap. So Quentin Dunbar and Ryan Kerrigan are both really, really old for the game, but they would be an immediate impact on the edge. Yeah. Um, for the Raiders, I only included high-profile signings because those are the only things the Raider makes. That's so, true. That's very true. They'll blow uh, I, all seven million on someone this yeah, year. Yeah, they're 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 gonna give they're gonna give Von Miller like a one year deal worth seven million probably. Um, but I do have all big name players. I have Trent Williams, who they will not give money. They might, but like I said, they would sign him way too long, and that would be a good pickup. But that no, whatever. Uh, they should shine Joe Tooney to improve the offensive line. They won't. Um, and then Von Miller and Justin Simmons. Although I still really want. So explain this is a new set, set segment. Explain it to Justin. What does it mean? What does it mean when you what, like? What does it mean when Isaiah? Not Isaiah Simmons. Justin Simmons is franchise tag. Like no one else can sign him. So the franchise tag is um, this this thing that you could place on the player. It's a one year con. Shut up. It's a one year contract. No, right? no, I was laughing. I was laughing at the banner. I forgot it was still up. Oh, that's why I I tried to yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, you, you place it on the, on the guy for a year. It's a one year contract and you get the average of the top five salaries at your position. So, um, in Justin Simmons's case, give me one second. Highest paid safeties in the league as of AZ central. Um, Kevin Bayard. Tyron Matthew, Landon Collins, Earl Thomas, and Rashad Jones. Uh, have, four, you're, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, I just pulled Safety, up the uh, first list I saw. I was just going to. Okay. I'm telling you what it is. It's Eddie. It's Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson, Kevin Byard, Tyron Matthew, and Landon Collins. I wasn't, I, I was just going to pull up a list and just explain it from that. Cause that was tw- from 2019. But if you want this fine. Um, yeah, so, they, no, I, I, I'm not an idiot. I get what you're saying. Like, they take the top five and they put their contracts together and then they divide it by five and that's what you get. I understand. Okay. Well, I All was you have to do is just say that. I didn't know. Okay. I was going to just explain it just because. But yeah, they, he gets the average of the top five for one year um, and they could do it for up to three years. Now, if you were to ask me what the transition tag is, I think it's like restricted free agency for 2K. Where yeah, you what, can match see, whatever. That's, yeah, that's what I thought franchise tagging was. Yeah, I don't know. Now that's a transition um, tag, I think. So wait, so this would be the second year in a row they've uh, franchised Simmons. I think this would be three or second. Yeah, second of three. I think it's seconds. They could do it again next year. They could do it one more time, and then he's allowed to walk. Which, like, can we just sit and talk about this before we move on? This is actually something that I've talked about with my father yeah. a lot. Look at NFL running backs, right? Running backs have a career shelf life of five or six years. It was in some thing that comes out every year. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Five or six years. The teams that draft them in the first round get them for five years because you get four years on the deal and the fifth-year option. Second rounders are only four years, blah, blah, blah. If you're taking a running back, right, and you get him for, let's say, like, five years because you're looking at like a Leonard Fournette, a Saquon Barkley, someone drafted in the first round, you get them for five years and then you get them for the next three years as they're on the decline. 
because they're still really good. Let's say you're, you're taking their entire career. Now mm-hmm. apply that for every position, right? It's sort of unfair. I feel that the players for the contracts to last this long, like, yes, you get the financial security for having all that. But like, if someone's trying to leave like Justin Simmons because, or, or Deshaun Watson, if they were to have done that and gone down that route, you're wasting his career. And like he doesn't want to play there, but he's forced to. So like I, I understand both sides of the coin. Don't get me wrong, but like I just think that it's always been very difficult to navigate with that. No, I can I completely agree. Uh, it it's just weird. Like, I mean, I I, I it's weird because I you I agree with the financial security. It's it's what you should be wanting. But it's there are also those people out there in the players out there in different sports. I mean, up until this year, it was, I mean, Trevor Bauer, um, I mean, he signed one year deals because he, and then that again, then puts a lot of pressure on you during that season. Right. So I, I understand both sides, like you said, but I, I, I mean, there's no real way. The, the, the only thing I kind of thought of when you, when you were explaining, not explaining that, but just talking about it for a sec, I was thinking about like the NFL draft and I know there's gotta be rules, but like, if I don't know if Trevor Lawrence like really didn't want to go to uh, Jacksonville, and then like before the draft, like uh, the Jets just signed him and didn't even draft him. Like I know there's rules against that, but like, wouldn't it be more fun if it wasn't? What if it was more like soccer? What if it was more like soccer? Yeah, just, be like, just a free agent. Yeah, create or or you you have to pay this much for like like so, so the weird thing about soccer I, I I you probably know this but like soccer players like Cristiano Ronaldo like to buy him from uh, Juventus right now you would have to pay like probably upwards of 100 200 million to Juventus and then on top of that when he comes to that team you have to give him what his wages are like so five hundred fifty thousand a week yeah you got to buy him out and then pay him out. Yeah, you have to like, yeah, you have to, and like, there's some players that like uh, when they're younger, like, um, like I'm sure when Cristiano was younger, like when Manchester United bought him from Porto, um, which is a Portuguese team, yeah, yeah, um, they they bought him for relatively cheap because they like when a young player signs, they have like a clause in their contract that like if someone like uh, were to offer them. $40 million or $40 million right away, then they can immediately like, then, then yeah, they like can the opposite the, of a no trade clause. Yeah, exactly. Then, then, then players, like once they meet the demand to be released, then they can start talking to the player about their wages and stuff. So it's just very different, but I, I have no idea why my head went there thinking like they could, there could be this, like, I don't know, like mob or like under, under the, under the table deals done in the NFL. I don't know, but I don't know why my, my mind went to that. Anyway, where where were we? Did did I go over my? Did we just do Raiders? The Raiders? Just do the I think Chargers, I just did yeah. the Raiders. Did just you do, do the your Raiders? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for the Chargers with their O line stuff, I mean they they have a lot of money probably because they're not paying an absurd amount for a quarterback. But the Chargers currently where did they go? They're currently tenth with thirty one and a half million dollars in cap space before the. Uh, luxury tax kicks in so they could go after literally anyone of Brandon Sheriff 
Joe Thune, Trent Williams, uh, Corey Lindsley, anyone they wanted to help try and protect J- Justin Herbert. Um, for their cornerbacks, uh, getting a guy like Brian Poole or Ronald Darby, I think, was it Ronald Darby? Um, they're both relatively young, I think 29 and 26, um, with a lot of potential. Like Their cornerbacks have been super thinned out ever since they traded out um, – Oh God, what was his name? Desmond King. Um, they they traded him to the Titans midseason for like a fourth yeah. or something. And they've been missing out on a lot of depth at corner. So getting yeah, he was... some... go ahead. Okay. Um, getting some depth at the cornerback position and and guys that can be there for four or five years would be very very beneficial. I don't know if Brian Poole is a four or five year guy. He might be more of a you know three to four because he's 29, but still, same thing. Um, and then yeah, to address I, what go ahead. Uh, uh, you were done. Go ahead. No, uh, to address the tight end position, I actually think bringing back Hunter Henry would be very good for them because he's a guy that can go and, and make plays and also is very good at blocking. But since he's going to be in such high demand and it's going to demand a, a big contract, you might want to look for a cheaper option. And that's where you bring in Mo Alley Cox gigantor himself from the Colts dude is six, eight and, do you remember the run he had when he was the tight end one on the Colts this year? I don't the watch dude... the Colts. I saw I'm them lose up... to the I saw them lose to the Browns. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Mo I, I don't. I, hey, hey, now that the Browns are good and they make the playoffs, now I don't even. If you don't make the playoffs, you don't even. You aren't a real NFL team to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's seriously how some Browns fans act now, though. They're like, oh, we're good now. So, like, the Panthers, losers. That's <laughs> insane to me. That's crazy. Oh, 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 you wait till New York's good again. New York is going to be – I will – if New York ever goes through, like, something like half of good as what Tom Brady did or even a quarter of good, you guys will be more insufferable than Boston people. Yeah, but we're never going to top anyone from Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia. Why? They're awesome. They're dirty. They're they're Browns fans. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> it's 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 Philly, the Browns, and Buffalo. We're the same. And then if the Jets weren't in New York, they would be with us. But they're in New York, so that sucks. Yeah. Well, Mo Alley Cox and Hunter Henry for tight end. <laughs> I think they should just bring back Hunter Henry. I have no idea yeah. why. I mean, I get like. Well, they can't. They can't tag him. I don't think, and Uh, he has an injury history. So, but he's really good. So I think he's going to demand a really high contract, even for a hometown discount. Okay. Um, (laughs) Who did I have? Chargers. Uh, uh, Joe Tooney, Trent Williams. uh, They could sign up a corner, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, pretty cheaply. And then every time you say receiver, I just think, hey, Allen Robinson. I don't know. I just I, I, I can't. Robinson for everyone. I, I don't know. Like I, I just can't wait to figure out where he's gonna go. I because I, I like that's what's so weird about it. I feel like I feel like I feel like before free agency hit and like every other year there were at least rumors coming out. It's been like other than Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson because of that, it's been dead about free agency. Like yeah. I have had nothing. I have had nothing to write about for the Browns for at least a week, week and a half. Yeah, and I didn't even like know that people could start like agreeing to contracts. So you can't sign them. Like obviously, we knew JJ Watt. That was the only like free agent that anyone's talked about. But like 
there have been another couple signings already that like I didn't even hear about. Like Not that they're like super huge name players, but like Tyrell Williams signed with the the Lions apparently, the receiver. Yeah, yeah, I remember that happened last week. Yeah, on our show. I don't even remember it honestly. I didn't think I don't think I didn't think free agency started yet though. So That's they're weird. agreeing to contracts. They're not signing them. This is my favorite part then. It's it's legal tampering. It's great. And, it's and Stephen Weatherly uh, from Carolina, he signed a, a one year deal with Minnesota apparently. But like he was he was behind Brian Burns or sometimes played opposite. Someone like yeah, but I mean it's just. I agree. It's, it's so dead right now because of all the trade talk. It's not even like fun. Yeah. I don't know. It's been dead. Like I said, for Flurry, I feel like we had a conversation about it the other day. Like there's just been nothing to write about. All I've been writing about is soccer, um, college basketball, and one double A. So it's it's weird. Um, so I don't think I sent you my article, or maybe I did. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you did. I read it. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be no combine this year. I thought this was a pretty interesting thing. Oh, no, thing. you sent me the Higgins one. Never mind. Oh, God damn it. Did I? Yeah. Well, the, the Higgins one, that's pretty easy to think about. They need to resign Higgins before they 100%. sign anybody, anybody else. 100%. I love Richard Higgins. I mean, he's it's, so, it's, mm. he's good. He's he's above average and good. And I, not only that, why they need to resign Richard Higgins, like because I don't think they're going to extend Baker this year. So you need to find a way to keep him happy. And if you lose Richard Higgins, that's his favorite target other than Jarvis Landry. So I just don't like that. Um, but Agreed. I wrote an article uh, for Fleury. Uh, basically, I was just like, so obviously with no, with no combine this year, uh, they'll have their pro days and they'll still be able to do that. But the combine, um, I basically broke it down into like two positions at the combine they can ha- see their stock rise incredibly at the combine. What positions do you think those are? So there are, you're saying there are two positions every year that people players, have the opportunity to – Yeah, okay. be- just because because that position, a lot of what they have to do with it, speed, skill, things like that. So number one, uh, I'm always going to think quarterback because you just hear these names that come out of nowhere. Like Josh Allen's stock when he was coming out, Blue after his combine. Yeah, I mean, he was a top 10 pick. He was seven. Um, he was, he was Mel Kuyper. I don't know if you saw Mel Kuyper released his uh, highest rated quarterbacks ever. And actually, Jeff, or not Jeff, um, Josh Allen was the highest from that draft. Really? Yeah, huh. he was seventh overall. Um, yeah. He also, he also did have Ryan Leaf in there, though. So, yikes. Um, so, yeah, but like quarterback 100% can increase their stock the most. Um, and I, I guess wide receiver, I'm debating wide receiver or corner. Uh, so I, I, I corner, I mean, you're, I agree. Not as much as my other two positions. I think they are wide receiver and defense end. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Because they get to show off their strength. They get to show off their speed. So a lot of guys, and like I wrote three guys that will be affected the most by the combine. And I obviously started out with two that would, it would, and the weird thing about no combine no one's stock is really going to change from now until the draft. Yeah, there um, are going to be a lot more hidden gems found in, in the later rounds this year. Yes, and um, so I wrote that for uh, Carlos Basham, who is a – Oh, my God, damn you. I was just going to bring him up. I love yeah, Carlos Basham, bro. He looks like he, an absolute animal. I think he could have – okay, so my two defensive ends that I had, I think Gregory Rousseau – who right. has a chance to go? Who has a chance to go top ten overall? I think he would have solidified himself in the top ten yep. with a good combine. And I think um, 
Basham, who looks more of like a later part of the first round, I bet he could have been top 14 if he had the combine. Yeah. And then now on the other side, I think not having the combine really, really, really helps Justin Fields. Because it helps Justin Fields by not having it. Yes, because I very much he, agree. I just wanted to he, clarify. Um, because he had injuries throughout the end of the college football season. So uh, I, I, doctors are still going to have to clear him, so it doesn't matter really. But so if he was any sore or anything like that, he doesn't have to throw. He'll throw his pro day doing what he wants to do, and then he doesn't have to lift or run. So my big thing was coming out, um, like right now, for whatever reason, Zach Wilson's stock seems to be on the rise every day. Like I don't I, know it, why. It's incredible that I've seen Zach Wilson taken by the Jets in almost every mock I've seen so far. Uh, dude, and I, I hate that I have to write that because it's just such a stupid whatever. And uh, Well, I, I think – firstly, I think Fields is a better prospect anyways, but I think without having the combine – and because I think Zach, or Zach Wilson would have thrown – I don't know about the other parts of his game. I don't think he would have ran a good 40. I think he would have definitely run over like five and not even close to Justin Fields. But I think he would have had an excellent throwing session because, I mean, he he is gifted. He's like Brett, Brett, Brett Favre. He's a gunslinger. He's gifted like that. Right. But So I think coming into the draft with no combine, I think Justin Fields is eventually going to be the higher-rated quarterback going into the draft. Not that I know if that will change anything because I whatever reason the Jets seem to be locked. I'll just let you explain. Why are the Jets? Why are they locked in on Zach Wilson? Dude, I, 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 so it, it so, started. It started like I don't know a month ago, and then I think like Mel Kiper had them taking Wilson, and now everyone everywhere I see is Wilson. Right. So a lot of people are just falling in love with his physical abilities. That everyone looks at his highlights. I've seen the same like ten throws for like like you said a month now. And like, yeah, he had some good throws, but they don't ever show the bad stuff. That's part of the reason it's a highlight reel, you know? So, but like, I do say like, he, he does look like he's physically gifted. He does look like he could potentially turn into something good. But the reason that everyone's locked in on him to the jets is number one, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala apparently want their own guy. Not apparently want, but like everyone's hype, uh, hypothesizing that they're going to want their own guy and they're going to move on from Sam Darnold. So they're going to make their quarterback pick together. Um, And number two, everyone's saying that his personality fits New York and he has the personality to to stand up and and thrive in New York. So like, cause New York's a big market. It's it's, you're going to get a lot of hate. You're going to get a lot of love. Everyone's saying that Wilson has the personality to succeed and, and become like a darling, basically opposite of Daniel Jones. I, I, I may have said this earlier. Uh, I think I probably did. And I, while I understand a little bit that, that he might be able to handle I think he would probably handle New York better than a lot of people because he came from BYU. I mean, right. he just has to mind his own business, basically. Um, how are you the quarterback on your Division I football team and you're not a captain? Yeah, no, nah, you, you've mentioned that before. And I don't – Like, I just I, – I've thought about it for a while, like a young guy. Like, I, I don't know, but like – I don't know how you're a quarterback on the BYU football team without being captain. So I think that I think that says way more about his personality than anything else. And I, no I, I get went that to his birthday party. Yeah, it's the same as Giraffe or whatever that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, so, I mean, to me, 
that stands out way more than it's it's obviously funny but i i it, when someone brought it up i was like that's very weird that he wasn't a captain yeah so no, nobody went to his birthday party and everyone's butthurt about it all right so i'll do my top five right now and then Wait, you top five what draft picks right okay so we just talked about this, but um. So wait, I'm just I'm sorry. We're doing our top five like one Jacksonville two, three, four, Jets. Five. Okay, not yes, prospect yes. rankings. Okay. No, no. So, um, even though the first would probably be the same, um, uh, I think Lawrence will go to Jacksonville, okay. and like I said, I would love to put Justin Fields at number two for the Jets or Sewell or Devonta Smith, or, but I am a journal. I'm somewhat of a journalist and like everything I've seen, I, I can't just ignore it. So I am have having the same issue. And I did, I, I, I was, I was fucking peer pressured into it, man. I, I have Wilson going too. And I hate it. I absolutely despise um, it. So I have Wilson or Lawrence one, Wilson two, and I have three. I have Devonta Smith. Um, a, because I either think that um, the Dolphins keep this pick this is if the Dolphins keep this pick. I think right. they'll take Devonta Smith or or uh, um, Jamar Chase. But right now, I think Devonta Smith's trending, and he was an Alabama guy with Tua. So, um, but uh, like I said, if Wilson gets take second, uh, the Dolphins are going to have a lot of people calling them at three. Um, and then I have uh, Justin Fields going four because I I I would be shocked if Justin Fields followed out of the top five. And then uh, I know when I first we did our first mock draft on here, I was like. I only put Sewell to go to the Bengals because it's just like a dream scenario. And now it's becoming more and more realistic because I don't think if the Jets don't take him and the Dolphins don't take him. Atlanta's I mean, not he, taking him. Yeah. And, and he could even fall farther. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Rashawn Slater is supposed to, they have their pro day this week. So I, yeah. I have, so, um, yeah. Um, so what's I, your top five? I went Sewell at three. Cause we have the same top two. Like I said, I, I absolutely you just can't ignore it. That yeah, you just can't Zach ignore it, though. is going to, um, but yeah, I have Sewell going three because again, this is if Miami keeps it. I understand wanting to get weapons for Tua, but I, I think that protecting him and protecting his weak side, which by the way, you got to remember, Tua is a, a lefty, so his his blind side is the right side, which Benai Sewell is, as we've discussed on here, starting to look more and more like a right tackle that would actually be a, a dream fit, I think, for the Dolphins. So uh, that's why I got I got him going Sewell. Uh, Justin Fields, four to Atlanta, and then Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I, I just had um, – what, what I – I mean, I just – I don't think – I don't think um, the Dolphins are going to take a quarterback at three, and I think there's going to be a billion people trading up for it. So I think – I think I, – I would not be surprised – if it goes Lawrence, Fields or Wilson, Fields or Wilson, and then for Lance to the uh, uh, Falcons. Um, so, but- like I said, I had already actually, I actually, I haven't done any of the writing, but I went through one through 32 and did my mock draft. Go ahead. Can you guess where I have Trey Lance going? No, that's too early. Um, I I think he's gonna go top ten, but I I don't think that you would have put him there. But um, uh, Panthers. I have him at the Panthers at eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely I mean, despise it too, because again, I hate, I I hate everything about Trey Lance. Because again, it's yeah, the I, same five throws. One of them is versus Butler. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's very it's very weird because the, it's very weird for Wilson and Lance to be in the same draft class because they both have literally 15 games of tape. And right. that's just not enough. That's not enough to, for me. For but you to be here, a top, we are talking about them both going top eight <laughs> because they will. Because they will. I just said that. I mean, there has been, and I am way down on Lance. I get to watch him at his pro day online. But um, I mean, the one game he played in the fall for his little showcase, uh, bro, you should probably do better that you should do better than throwing fifteen for thirty and then throwing your only interception of your entire career. I mean, so the taste that's in everyone's mouth should not be very good on Trey Lance right now. I um, I hate Trey Lance. I really wanted to put him further down, but when I was doing it, I'm like, if I don't have him go here at eight, he's going to the Patriots. <laughs> like, like, I just could I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, and <laughs> like, uh, like I said, I I would not be surprised as the, as the draft draws closer. I would not be surprised if we start hearing things about almost definitely five going in the, in the top 10 and then even Trask moving up to in the top yeah, 20. I, I think Trask will move up. This is, this is my mock 2.0. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to do a third by, by the third. Cause I don't have him in here by the third. I almost guarantee that Trask will be in my top 32. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, and like we've said, like I've said before, because I'm a Browns fan, I'm sure you said it before too. It's not the worst plan in the world because we understand that quarterback is the most important position. So it's definitely not the worst plan if you're in the top 15 everywhere to take a quarterback, but it's not the most beneficial or like it's not the right way to go about it, I would say. But um, Yeah, I hate reaching for, for positional need. I'm a very big person of take best available on the board type of person. I know we've had this discussion too, but uh, there's two types of philosophies. There's draft by position or draft best available. I am very big into the best available. That's how the giants ended up with Lawrence Taylor, but I agree. I, li- I like anyway. that. Um, <laughs> so that's uh pretty much for us today. So we'll get into our trivia questions for baseball. Um, you go ahead first. All right. So this is going to be, it's called a decade in the box. It's two thousands baseball, like from 2000 okay. to 2009. Who hit okay. the most home runs for the decade? It was um, Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Andrew Jones, or Ryan Howard. Who's the first one you said? There's Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan he Howard, or his, Andrew Jones. Can you say his name again? Albert Pujols. Pujols. That's how you say his name. Uh, it was it was uh I I'm shocked it's not Barry Bonds um uh Ryan Howard it was Alex Rodriguez because Ryan Howard only played for six seasons whereas Rodriguez- I was gonna say I, yeah <laughs> that makes sense because I, I mean I know Ryan Howard had like two good seasons and flamed out but yeah okay A-Rod. all right <laughs> all right so. Here we go. Who was the first major league player to have his number retired? Was it A, Lou Gehrig, B, Babe Ruth, C, George Kelly, or D, Charlie Robertson? George Kelly. Uh, that's incorrect. Uh, the Yankees retired uh, Lou Gehrig's number four on July 4th, 1939, 
and is now famous uh, during because that's when they did it with the famous Lou Gehrig speech. So. Yeah, I I felt like it was Gehrig, but that was one of those questions where it's like you don't want to go with the obvious guy. You know what I mean? I understand. Okay, um, your last one. Which manager tasted victory the most games in the regular season during the decade? Is it A, Joe Torre, B, Terry LaFranca, or Francona? Terry Francona. Francona, he's great. Indian, he's the Indians pit coach. I don't I don't listen to MLB, so I don't hear how to say their names, and I'm dyslexic, so I mess up names a lot. Uh, Tony La Russa or Lou Pinella? Okay, it wasn't Lou Pinella. Francona. It was actually Joe Torre with the Yankees. Torrey. Torrey. Joe, Joe Torrey. Torre. What? No. Torrey Torre least... is, yes, yes. Torrey is T O U R E. It's African. Okay. You're wrong. Okay. You're wrong. Um, last one. Uh, what player was na- nicknamed Mr. November? Oh, um, Reggie Jackson. Correct. Correct. I did know that one. <laughs> uh, yes, I was going to give you multiple choice, but I was like, okay, I'll do this one. All right, yeah, so no. that'll do it uh, for us. Um, like we said, uh, Tom's got his uh, – uh, we got uh, – what's his name? <laughs> Mitch Lawati. Uh, all I need is Mitch. Mitch is coming on on Thursday. <laughs> um, we'll figure out the time, and uh, we'll make sure we have good questions. I will task you with coming up with questions this time. Um it is your guest, so um, great. I'm all yes. for it. And oh, then, uh, I'm just gonna let you know now. It's going to be an absolute meme show next week because he's not. I already told him it's it's gonna be very lax and everything, and he's a very informal person just in general. So like, he's gonna be making jokes, and he's gonna be it's it's gonna be an absolute memes meme show. It's gonna it's gonna be so much fun. Awesome. I mean, I don't, how are we going to, how's it going to be a meme show? Do I have to upload a lot of memes or something? No, no, no. Just like, it's, it's going to be funny. It's going to be all jokes. Like it's not going to be very serious. Like today's one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, yes. It was very serious, except for when she talked about Tom Brady um, and we were just sad and crushed. Uh, and then uh, North Dakota running back. Uh, like I said, I got, I, I just uh, messaged him today. So he should be coming on. Uh, Luke Skokna should be coming on some sometime next week. And then, like I said in the beginning, I don't know if Kirk's going to come on here or we'll start our own. We'll figure it out. Um, other than that, uh, I was not tired at the end. I'm tired now, and you look more awake than you were at the beginning. So it looks, looks like we switched spaces. No, bro. I'm just – I'm at the point where I'm so tired, all you can do is laugh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that will do for us. Um, uh, we'd like to say thank you for to Jennifer for coming on. Uh, like I said, well, I'm sure we'll have her – on in the future, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Jen L Cobb three J E N L C O B B three, and uh, you can go to Team Gateway to a Cure dot org uh, to donate or get involved. Uh, it's a very good cause, so um, I suggest it, and uh, hopefully she'll be on in the future, and uh, we'll you know get something set up for it. So, uh, but other than that, you got anything else, Tom? Let's go dogs, baby! Not making the tournament. Let's go.